What up, Grizz Nation? We're back with another episode of the Free Basketball Grizzlies edition. I'm your host, as always. I'm Daniel Greer, and we are a part of the Lead Sports Media. We're coming off a win, and we're here to break down how the Grizzlies will beat the Golden State Warriors. Coming up, this will be a Friday night game. This will more than likely release the morning of Friday. So if it is, happy Friday, baby. But uh, here we got with us tonight. We're bringing Ryan back. So let me bring in the guy. What up, Ryan? Hello. How are uh, are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. It's a a Thursday night we're recording this. And um, I just watched a little bit, but barely seeing any kind of a basketball game between the Wizards and the Pacers, it was bad. It was horrible. Yeah. It was perfectly fit that the announcers were the announcers for that game because they were basically dead, and so was the game. I mean, Marv Albert, Mike, or Marv Albert, yeah. Marv! And uh, (laughs) Mike Fratello together was, they were, um, it was like, I, I don't know. It felt like they were speaking at a funeral, and the game was a funeral. It was terribly boring. Yeah, that, that's whatever. It's so stupid. But uh, thankfully, Marv is uh, going to greener pastures, we'll say, um, after the, um, I, I think it's the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. I don't know when he's leaving. But anyway, the Wizards uh, came out on top, 142 to 115. Um, it, there's nothing to talk about, honestly. Uh, but Sabonis getting a triple double—that's that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, and then Westbrook not getting a triple double. So um, I did win a bet, uh, Rui Hachimura uh, over thirteen and a half points. He came in with eighteen. Another winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. Cha-ching. Uh, do you have any bets on that game? <laughs> I don't pay the light bill. <laughs> Uh, did you have any I, any bets I at all? I did not. Okay. I I stay very far away because my radar on that game was really off. Okay. Because I think it was like three and a half, and I was like, ah, I kind of like the Pacers. And I'm like, wait a second, it's Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal and do or die. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So I didn't want to feel stupid for being like, oh, that was obvious what you should have done and you didn't do it so i i just stayed away i couldn't do it well honestly it's it wasn't bill and westbrook it was 25 points for bill uh russell westbrook 18 points uh they both played right around 30 minutes so it really wasn't them per se but it but they did lead the charge obviously 15 assists uh from russell westbrook so another good outing from him but it was just it, it all around they just got beat and, I, and it was probably it's the team that's coming off the big win and then they show up and they have another tough game and really it was you know they, they didn't show up they look like the the hornets in that game it was bad <laughs> yeah it was the pacers got absolutely torched in the open court and when that avalanche, when that ball started rolling downhill, when the Wizards were getting out in the second quarter, it was done. It was over with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but let's uh, let's hope that doesn't happen uh, tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, when the Warriors and the Grizzlies play. Uh, let's kind of uh, recap the matchup that they just had uh, this Sunday. It was Golden State 113 and Memphis 101. 
it was a bad game at times. It was a good game at times. It looked like a Sunday afternoon game out on the West Coast. That really that mattered, but it really didn't matter, if that makes sense at all. And I just think that they didn't show up until maybe a little after halftime. And finally, uh, Jaw got going a little bit, not much, but JV – God, he's been so good these last couple of games, uh, whether it's been the elimination or the, the winner of the eight-seed uh, game on Sunday and then the play-in game against the Spurs. And now, hopefully, he is heading in the right direction against Golden State uh, on Friday. So uh, it was a great game out of him with 29-16, and 16, even though Draymond Green decided to go on, I think it was ESPN, and just say that he is the best defender or whatever. He just acted like he is the best dude ever to defend in basketball. So, uh, what, real quick to that. What are your thoughts on that Draymond comment? After he just got 29-16 dropped on his head from a big man. I So, I believe the term he uses is that him and Looney are dogs. And... I don't know if I'd describe Looney as a defensive dog, but I would say that they're very good team defenders. Um, is Draymond an all-time defender? I think that he will be viewed that way. Get out of here. Based on his – I think he will. I think that's just what how people are going to view him because of his size. He doesn't have elite measurables. Like, he's not Rudy Gobert. Um, and he's – instrumental in holding down a top five defense on what at least three or four championship teams um Mm. so i get why he would say that i don't know if i'd describe him and looney as dogs after jv going for almost 30 and 20 (laughs) but they did win the game um and draymond is kind of the anchor even though a lot of his the way he blows teams up isn't just locking people down on the perimeter. It's his help defense. So he is an elite help defender, and I think that's fair to say. I I don't know. I get it if I were him because he's won the championships. He has the, the hardware to show off. Um, but I think he's going to be viewed that way as an all-time defender when, when all things are said and done. Well, let's just hope that that's, that that next matchup, uh, the Friday night matchup, he isn't an all-time defender. Uh, I have a few keys on how Ja Morant can change a little bit of what he did uh, in that last matchup and, and look a little different. He looked scared when he would turn the corner and Draymond's on him or Draymond's in the post. He looked scared to go in at him, and so I, I kind of... I think that there's a, a way that he can kind of get into him more and kind of get to the basket, so... Uh, but really, there's, there's. He didn't look scared. Yeah, he was scared. No, he was definitely scared. Um, <laughs> he he was petrified. Yeah, he wasn't pretending to be scared. He he watched the game and he's completely aborting drives to avoid anything around Draymond. Yeah. I mean, Draymond didn't have to do anything. If Draymond just stood there, like Ja was like, eh, I'm gonna retreat dribble twice and I'm gonna pass it to the wing, or I'm gonna kick it here. Uh, so yeah, I have, I have some points about that, what Jenkins can do and hopefully you'll agree with them. Cause I think they're pretty good after watching a couple Warriors games I've had recorded. 
I, I don't really know why teams haven't picked up on this yet, so hopefully I bring this to light and it will make sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's. Uh, there's not much we want to uh, revisit on that. We just saw the game. Everybody should know how it played out. It was honestly, it was the Steph show. Uh, it was 22 three-point attempts. He went 9 of 22, 46 points. He did have nine assists and seven rebounds, so a good all-around game from him. But he's not really the person that hurt us, and, and I hate – Maybe how that might sound. He's going to get his points, right? And we all know what he's going to do. But when you let Andrew Wiggins get 10 rebounds, he averages like four, and he got 10. Like, that's just ridiculous. And he went two or two from deep, which was big, because uh, anything that anybody else did outside Steph was just huge. Uh, so for 21 points, uh, he went 9 of 16 overall. And Jordan Poole, Three of seven from deep, 15 points. If if there are guys that, if we can kind of hold down a, their bench unit and the surrounding players, I think that this game will be more in the Grizzlies' favor. And I and I actually think that when the Grizzlies aren't picked to win, they play much better. When they're the road underdog, they play much better because they feel like they have nothing to lose and they have that chip on their shoulder because they're young and they feel like they have something to prove. So I feel like this is actually a really good spot for the Grizzlies, and I hope that they really just show up um, and, and play from the start. And if they play with more energy, I, I believe that they could actually come away with a win. But, uh, but let's go ahead and get in a little bit into that matchup. And I know you have a lot of stuff and a lot of notes. Um, but as we talked about the, the, their last matchup, anything you want to add to the last matchup that they had that you want to kind of bring to light now? Um, not anything besides the obvious. I mean, everyone talked about how poorly the Grizzlies shot it from three, and that was obviously very glaring. Um, this is going to be kind of a theme for me as we get towards, you know, our kind of prediction stuff at the end, but, um, both teams did not break 20 free throw attempts for the game. Each team. I mean, the yeah. Warriors shot 16 for 18 from free throws and the Grizzlies were 15 for 19. Uh, so that's going to come up later for me okay? because you're talking about the Grizzlies being in a good spot because it's no pressure. Um, if the Grizzlies pulled this off, this would be a monumental win for this young core because everything is stacked against them. Right. The NBA has an, the NBA has an extremely vested interest and Steph Curry making the NBA playoffs, oh, even if it's for just sure. for a series, which I think it would, I think it would just be maybe five games, maybe six, yeah, against the Jazz. The NBA absolutely wants that, um, and I know that w there's not supposed to be any more cheating or refs, <laughs> you know, no Tim Donaghy's anymore in the NBA. But this is your classic screw job in the making that is so obvious it's staring you right in the face yeah um so that it would be a monumental win because of everything against them it's the young grizzlies inexperienced versus the is there anyone more experienced than steph curry and draymond besides lebron james um but the Warriors are surrounded by a bunch of young pieces who have never been there besides Kevon Looney. <laughs> right. And the Grizzlies trying to get there with this young core. 
Um, so it would be a huge, monumental step forward for this Grizzlies franchise and this team if they were to actually pull this off because the NBA does not want it to happen. And that's why it would be monumental, not only for their confidence going forward, even if they got swept by the Jazz, it would be huge for them and their development going forward. But the NBA does not and probably will not let that happen. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope it do, that part of it doesn't happen. Like it, Having the refs be the deciding factor – it's never good, in my opinion, um, and I and I hate that. There's potential of that because we're not the big market team. Uh, having a matchup against the um, the Jazz and the Grizzlies does not scream ratings, right? But if you put in Steph in any any matchup at all, it's going to grab ratings because it's Steph Curry. So I, I know the Grizzlies had a they drew actually a 2.3 million uh, rating the other night. Uh, against the Spurs, and so that was a uh, that's a very good rating for them. They did get doubled up against LeBron and Steph, uh, but that was like the number one viewed game outside of I think it was one of the uh, NBA Finals games, and maybe like sixteen. So it all around, people are watching, and people are watching and paying attention to um, to Ja, and so I, I don't I don't think that they're not. So I, I hope that that doesn't play into a factor, but it absolutely could. But uh, let's kind of get into uh, any kind of notes that you might have on this game, uh, my idea on this, and we can kind of maneuver however you want, and, and thank you for hanging out and listening with us and, and really just letting us kind of just brainstorm and break down the matchup. But uh, my idea was kind of just give some just some notes and how in the world that the Grizzlies can win. But I also want to give out you know a full breakdown of how you think the, the Warriors can win and how you think that the Grizzlies can win this. And then we'll finish up with our predictions on the game, the score, the MVP, and, and who kind of plays well and who doesn't. So um, just just make sure that your guy that you pick for MVP, that he actually plays. That would be very important. <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy about that at all, and I do not understand why he did not play. Uh, that was – I'm, I'm puzzled. Why Brandon Clark did not play against the Spurs at all when he's – dominated the Spurs in the six games he's played them in his career yeah I don't I don't who knows like and they went with Tillman and Tillman was uh, as I said in 10 minutes or last episode if you haven't listened to it it's 10 minutes go listen to it uh but he just looked overwhelmed but I, I think that Brandon Clark could see some run in a game you know with more athleticism um and I would say probably keep Tillman on the bench at this point because I think Brandon Clark can play against the Looney uh, and then playing against uh, Draymond is, is fine, too. So um, I do like Brandon Clark entering this matchup, especially after seeing what Tillman did that last game. He was negative 19 in five minutes. That's just crazy. But um, <laughs> but give us some notes on this game and uh, kind of you know things you'd like to see happen or how you want to break it down. Go ahead. So I assume we're going to get the same starting fives. I would assume it's still Ja, Dylan, Kyle, Triple J, and JV. I would just, nothing's going to change with the Warriors. Steph, Wiggins, Bazemore, Draymond, Looney. Um, and the Warriors are only playing eight players. They shorten their rotation. Um, they basically go in with Poole, Michael Mulder, and Juan Toscano-Anderson. And that's all they're playing. So behind Draymond, who is not a big player himself, and Looney, they are playing all guards. 
Uh, so obviously for the Warriors, the key would be the game really flipped kind of when Looney went out. And this is where I- I'm probably getting ahead of myself a little bit with one of my points, but rotations are going to be huge in this game and Taylor Jenkins is going to have to be on them. And I'm going to suggest how you should rotate, which I don't think you're going to love it. Um, but this is how it should be done. And not saying that's going to happen because they've played, you know, 73 games now and he knows who he likes and knows who he trusts. Uh, but if you're the Warriors, you, what do you possibly change about Sunday? I mean, you stalled Jaw out, you turned them into an ISO team, and you made them be clumped and cluttered together so there's no driving lanes, um, and they shot the ball poorly because of it. So I don't know what you really changed for the Warriors. Now, there is a strong regression to the mean factor for the Grizzlies here. I mean, they have now had four straight games shooting sub-33% from three as a team. Not saying they're a great three-point shooting team anyways, but (laughs) there's got to be some regression at some point. So this is a ripe opportunity for them to shoot 40% from three in this game, and if they do, it will really help them. Uh, But for the Warriors... I think they're going to go small earlier. I think they're going to try to attack JV if he's still in the game with Looney out. And that is where the separation in this game is going to come. If Jenkins does not match the rotation differences of Steve Kerr, right? And Steph and Draymond played, what, 40 minutes on Sunday when they played the Grizzlies? They know the stakes. Um, I know they're going to try to get him rest whenever they can if they build a lead like they did when they were up 16 in the third or whatever it was. Uh, But I would not be surprised to see Steph go 42 to 44 minutes, if not possibly the distance. Wow. Like, I just, I don't, I, I would not be surprised if he does not come out of this game. If they don't build a lead and it's nip and tuck the entire time. But... I think Kerr's going to try to punch the Grizzlies in the mouth early. Yeah. Try to go small quicker and take advantage of JV on the court and try to build a lead so he can maybe backload towards the end of the second quarter or early third, mid-third, where he can actually get Steph and Dre some rest for the final fourth quarter push because – I, the, their sub pattern has been Steph comes out, you know, and sits for four or five minutes starting the fourth. I would be shocked if he sat an entire fourth if the game was 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 close. I would be shocked. Yeah, I, I yeah, I understand that, and I I think that he will play, but that's a lot of minutes, man. And I know it's only adding, you know you know, a few more minutes than what he's already played, but it's just, uh, it just depends on how the game goes. Um, some, some minutes, some 40 minutes are harder than others. So I, I, you know, I think that he easily could play 44. Um, I'm curious as to how jaw does that. And I kind of want to get into the rotations a little bit here. Um, let me give a key to, uh, how I think that Kerr could actually change this up and how they uh, do try to come at the Grizzlies. Um, and so these will kind of be our keys since you went that direction, our keys to the the uh, Warriors uh, doing well. I believe that we might actually see more Kevin Kevon Looney pick and rolls with Steph. It's, it's not that 
Kevin Looney is going to really beat you, but getting JV out of the lane might actually allow it to open up more. Plus, you get JV out on the perimeter, and so that's a that's a good matchup for Steph to shoot over him or try to go past him potentially. So I think you might see uh, JV more in pick and rolls, uh, you know, having to come up and guard Steph a little bit more, opening up the actual you know paint. And so I think that could be potential. So I'm just curious how in the world they defend that. Um, but in the end, I think it's all about the coaching matchup. As you watched at halftime, the, the Warriors came out, and because the Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks, and hat, hat off to him, he's been playing very good, and he, and he shut down De- DeMar Rosen, and he played really uh, great on Steph when he didn't foul. Um, I, I, would, I think that what's going to actually happen is that they're going to try to do that whole back screen again, and because that's what happened after halftime. As you saw the screens, Curry, instead of coming up around the pick, he would just go right past Dylan Brooks to the, the back door to an easy layup. And because we were overplaying, they just took that against us. And when, we, when, they, took, when they had to uh, then adjust for him cutting towards the basket, you can't overplay on Steph anymore. You actually have to acknowledge that he could get to the rim. And so because JV is not the greatest rim defender, that, that could be an adjustment that we got to make sure we make, but it's just like you're, 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 you're get killed potentially either way. If you don't overplay, Steph could go off for 50, even though he did 46, but he could still go off for 50, and that's a, you know, a mammoth swing that you can't really punch against. And so it, it's, a, it's a fine line, but I think in the end, it's all about the coaching matchup. If Jenkins can actually maneuver – whether it's the matchups or maneuver his guys to come in and out at the right time, I think that's important. But also adjusting after halftime out of timeouts and adjusting to what they're doing is very good. So I believe that's actually how this game is going to go is who makes the adjustment after halftime when it's later in the game and you don't give the other team a good chance to make that other adjustment. So I'm curious um, if – Maybe Steve Kerr outcoaches Jenkins again like he did the first matchup. I just I just hope he doesn't, and maybe Jenkins will learn his lesson. But um, what anything else you have on uh, the Warriors? Um, I mean, Wiggins has played really well recently, and right. so has Jordan Poole. Like, Wiggins has kind of almost been a unsung hero. Like, people have mentioned him, but he has been really good yeah. recently in games, knocking down his ISO shots, attacking the rim, great help side defense. So you just hope that they're level-headed if you're the Warriors. Like, don't do anything stupid because the Warriors' past couple games are, what, 19 turnovers yeah. against the Grizzlies and 20 yeah. against the Lakers. So I, it would be shocking to me if – like, obviously, that's a point of emphasis for the the Warriors. Now, they play such an open, moving, cutting style that I think they're okay with turnovers. Um, but obviously, I think they're it's I think it's going to be very hard for a team to have three straight games of nineteen to twenty turnovers. So yeah. obviously, they want to ha- they want to protect the ball, and they have to force the issue on Dylan to see if they can get him in foul trouble again. If they can, that's the only reason why Draymond flopped on that screen, right? On Dylan to get his sixth, like he knew he has five. Yeah, and that's he's a smart player, um, and so he flopped, and that got Dylan his sixth. 
So that, I, I would expect a lot of flopping, and this is where the ref part of this might come in. How are the refs going to allow Dylan to hand-check Steph like he did on Sunday? Um, if they get touchy fouls with him early, that could spell disaster. Yeah. Um, so you've got to get – if you're the Warriors, you've got to get Triple J and Dylan in early foul trouble. And you've got to have your perimeter guys be able to knock down the open shots when they get them. And that's it's pretty easy. They're really good on defense recently, um, surging in the past month, I believe, as one of the top five in defensive efficiency, I believe. So the defense isn't a problem. They know what to do against the Grizzlies. It's the offensive side is they cannot just have a game where everyone else is ice cold. Yeah. So that's that's what's kind of praying for the Warriors and vice versa on the Grizzlies. You're praying the opposite. <laughs> you right. want everybody to go cold and Jordan Poole to have an off game. Wiggins haven't had a four for 20 game in a while. Yeah. So you're just kind of hoping it's this game. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all you can really hope for is that uh, they're off. And, you know, maybe that they're coming off a, you know, they spent, you know, on, on big time television, you know, the, mo- the one of the most viewed games ever. And they used a lot of their bullets and they just don't have him left. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for, at least. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think that foul trouble is going to be very important. And, and just to kind of piggybacking off of your your topic uh, or what you brought up, I do believe that they need to get JV off the court. The Warriors want to get him off the court if they if they have not have a chance, but to actually run and do their game plan as they would like. So uh, trying to run and, and get into JV a little bit more might be ideally what they do to start the game. But also, if Dylan Brooks can stay out of foul trouble, this that's a whole different game. He is the energy uh, on this team a lot of times, and, and when when Jaw sometimes get lo- gets lost, I believe that he is the actual energy um, that that the Grizzlies need. Uh, but let's talk about the uh, the Grizzlies here. Uh, what do they need to do and any adjustments they need to make going into this matchup uh, tonight? So uh, maybe I should pick and choose some of these because I've got like six of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, some are strategic things. Like I have some as keys to being the Warriors, and I have things like how do the Grizzlies actually win this game. Yeah. Um, but first and foremost – I Jaw cannot just sit at the top of the key and work. Yeah. Um, because Sunday he did not actually work. All right. Yeah. You've got to change the direction with which he's attacking. And I don't know if this has been a season long thing or if it's a recent thing, but on his side pick and rolls, he really only tacks from right to left. And I don't really get that because he's right handed. Uh, so you have to draw Draymond. I'll, I'll kind of blend these two points together. Here we go. Uh, saving time right here. Hey-o. Um, you have to pull Draymond out of help side. And the way you do that is you put him inside pick and rolls. Now okay. he's still going to be there on the hedge and the help on drives, but it pulls him out of the back end. Okay. So where instead of it being Draymond behind Looney, and JV screens and rolls. It's now Kent Bazemore or yeah. Andrew Wiggins, who Wiggins has been a, I would say, competent help side defender this year. He has 
been blocking everybody recently, at least guards, but he's not going to block Triple J. <laughs> he's just not going to. Yeah. Um, and if they feed JV off of a duck in, off of that sign of pick and roll from Triple J, he's not going to block JV either. There's more likely going to be a foul in one. So you cannot allow Jaw to just sit at the top of the key and just try to create something. You have to bring him to the side, I feel like. Free throw line extended, right or left side. For some reason, he really likes the right side. I don't get it. Because every time he go, he's going left, his offhand, and then he shoots that floater with his right going away from the basket, I would much rather him work from the left side yeah. going right. It just feels more natural, right? I mean, that feels like it makes sense to me, but they never do it. Like, he does it like once. Every time they do it from left to right... They score, they get fouled. Or they get a wide-open layup and it just gets blown or something. Like, Or they miss the alley-oop. And I don't really get why they don't do that more. It's, I know it seems elementary, but like basketball is pretty elementary. Yeah. You don't have to be a genius to run a pick-and-roll and, roll and f- like figure out space. Like it, It's not a rocket science type of game. So I would love to see Jaw... I would actually love to see Draymond put in more pick and rolls. I know that may not seem to make sense, but it's to get him out of the backside. Yeah. Um, out of the help, because that's where he tortures people is in the help side. Because when you drive at him, you get past that first line defense and Looney. Then he makes you choose. What are you going to do? Most people panic or shoot the floater. And a lot of times, half the time it misses. Or they try to do that extra little pass to the guy diving, and he steals it. Yeah. So I would rather attack him on the top half of the court above the free throw line and pass around him and then find JV instead of getting past Looney and then facing Draymond and trusting our guys to make the right decision and or actually finish. And they're just not – unfortunately, they're just not those guys. <laughs> so that those are kind of two things that – I would really like to see. Um, this is the. <sighs> this is where you might not like this. Okay, um, I just don't think JV can play in any Warriors situation if Looney is out. Um, I think it has to be Triple J. I don't know if Triple J is on a minutes restriction, but he's been playing right at about thirty to thirty-one minutes. I think you need 36 to 38 minutes from Triple J in this game because if the Warriors are going to go with that strategy of small, they're going to put JV in a torture chamber and they're going to pick on him. And he just cannot guard it. He can't. Um, And it's basically comes down to will the Warriors miss the open shot or not. So Triple J, who is, I think, actually bothers Steph on pick and rolls. Yeah. And he ripped him twice, like just straight up took his lunch money twice on the perimeter. And every time JV was switched on him, when in that small ball lineup, when Looney goes out, Draymond is the center. And Draymond is either running point or setting screens for Curry. Every time JV switched, which they should switch with, with uh, uh, not JV, with Triple J. Every time they switched with Triple J, Steph didn't get a shot off. All right, or there was some sort of loose ball that maybe sh- that Steph got a free shot from, but Triple J is very competent in guarding Steph and can stay with him somewhat on the perimeter and his length and speed and athleticism bothers Steph. 
So I know that's counterintuitive to what JV just put up on Sunday, but you lost the game by 12. And a lot of it was that time when Looney went out to when JV was actually subbed out when it, when the Warriors went small. So, like, for example, the beginning of the game, first seven minutes when Looney was in, the Warriors had 12 points. Looney went out five-and-a-half-minute mark. The Warriors went on an 18. They scored 18 points over the next five minutes with JV in there. So... <laughs> I I know it's not going to be popular, and this is why this is why I'm kind of questioning Jenkins with rotations because uh, Triple J has to play those minutes. Like he is the only one that can competently stay near or near in front of Steph. So I know it might not make you happy, uh, but strategically, I think that is the best chance that you're going to have. Okay. Well, I will take a rebuttal on that because I have uh, just looking at the, uh, the those matchups, and I understand uh, that, yes, they will try to put him into a torture chamber, I believe, but that really isn't what happened last game. And, yes, it could change, and I, I absolutely believe it. But how you guard against that is if they do that is then what happens on that pick. JB needs to be up and overplay on Steph to take away the three-point. Because what happens then is Steph has to either then try to shoot to the basket right beside JV, and then you're going to allow Dylan Brooks to be able to keep chasing on that drive, as well as if you're making Steph go out further and go over top of JV, that actually creates more space and more time to allow Dylan Brooks to try to come back and help. So you just have to completely overplay and hedge on a, on a pick, so if they're going to keep putting him in pick and rolls, which I believe they should, if they want to, if if they want to actually do well in this, um, I I don't think that it should should be that big of an issue because if Kevin Kevin Looney's on JV, he's not going to hurt you. He can dive to the basket, and I feel okay with Triple J and Kyle Anderson, you know, kind of helping out on the backside that they can kind of pick him up if needed. But if it's Draymond Green and, and, and JV's guarding him, then what you do is on the offensive end, you literally need to learn to, if you have a smaller guy and it's just Draymond as their biggest player, you have to get the ball into JV there. Because what should that ha- should happen is JV should be able to back him down and either get fouls or take it right at him and actually score. So, it, yes, if you do go small as the Warriors – I think that the, the Grizzlies need to stay with JV because, one, he controls the glass. If, if people want to just kind of look and see Triple J and they think he's going to be the future five of this team, then they better figure out a one through four that can rebound. You better have a bunch of De'Anthony Melton and John Conchars on this team that are in the, the two and three spot because they're the only ones that know how to rebound. They, rebound, they out-rebound Triple J almost every game they play. And so – that's just a whole future thing. I'm getting off on a, on a soapbox on that one. But I just believe that if, if you do play on that, yes, you could t- try to take JV out and get, get him out on the perimeter. But I think you have to also see they're going to go small. So you have to actually punch it in to JV more. 
and which should create open threes on a kickout, or you just beat up Draymond, the number one defender in all the land. <laughs> so if I, I feel like you kind of actually halfway agreed with me, um, no, even if you didn't realize it, because no. JV can play with Looney on the court. Right, 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 right. That's why they only had. That's why they only had twelve points in Looney's minutes. All right. <laughs> but the problem is, as soon as Looney went out, they scored eighteen points in five minutes. Um, he still played thirty-one he, minutes. I agree. Though. It, if if you're gonna play, that's because he runs that seven-minute pattern. Like he usually runs that seven-minute pattern. Sometimes it's with that second unit if Draymond's getting a rest. Mm. Um, but I think that was actually during when the Warriors actually built the leads. Kerr was trying to sneak some rest for Draymond. Um, but if you're going to play JV with that small ball lineup guarding Draymond, you absolutely, I agree, you absolutely have to force feed him. You have to. Yeah. He has to touch the ball every possession. Because if not, he's a liability on the court. Now, you're you're playing a dangerous game with trading threes for twos. But JV's two should be a much higher percentage shot, and you might get lucky, and you might catch a couple cheap fouls from Draymond. Um, that is the gamble if you go with JV. The problem is on Sunday, they did not force feed JV. Yeah, they didn't even look at him. Right. Um, and is that that's not all Jaw's fault? Uh, but they were so bothered by the ball pressure of the Warriors that they just weren't looking for him. Um, and they were taking quick shots and whatever was open. So the reason, and you said with trapping or hedging um, with Steph, J- I have not seen J- JV do that once I in agree. the two years he's been with the Grizzlies. So you're asking this man to start doing something that he's never done besides drop coverage against the greatest shooter of all time. Um, so I... <laughs> And it's not like Looney sets a ton of screens when he's in there for stuff. It's mainly Draymond setting the screens. Um, and then it's Draymond playing point and Looney's, Looney's setting down screens for stuff. So where JV will get exposed is when Looney goes to the bench. That's why I would prefer to see Triple J, and this is going to get into rotations here for a second because I actually would change the starting lineup. So... That's a little teaser for you. You'll have to uh, chew on this one a second, I think. But I'll, I'll hopefully I'll explain it correctly. But Triple J, I think, has to play in those small ball lineups because he can hold up. Are you risking the potential for more offensive rebounds? Yes. But when JV is in the game, they got offensive rebounds anyways. Um, I think both teams had 12 offensive rebounds on Sunday. And I think second chance points for the Warriors, they were close to 20. Uh, so that's another key that I had to hear is you have to win every 50-50 rebound and you roll that dice with Triple J in there instead of JV. But nothing I saw Sunday shows evidence that are we that much better sticking with JV for rebounds than Triple J versus the switchability on defense. So instead of JV having to hedge and Dilling having to chase, now you can just simply switch and you're not in trouble. So that's how the Warriors kill you a lot. With Draymond in that small ball setting the screen, he rolls, Steph hits him, Draymond goes down the lane, and he finds the shooters in the corner or the guy cutting back door 
or he just goes in and dunks it. Um, when you have Triple J, Triple J can just switch. You don't get that pick and roll with Draymond, and you also don't risk that cheap Dylan foul running into Steph when he pulls up from three. So it's a chess game. Yeah. It's what I'm very curious about. Um, and here's the chess part that I would do with the starting lineup. Here's how I would run the game. I would not start Kyle Anderson. Shooting is an, and spacing is an absolute premium for the Grizzlies in this game. And I, I, I don't know why Grayson Allen played yes or against the Spurs the other day coming back from injury um but he really bolstered that bench run of minus 22 <laughs> it was really well done um i would start desmond bain wow and the reason that the reason that is is you need the shooting bain is a what 40 percent three-point shooter yeah he has to be taking those shots instead of kyle anderson pump faking seven times on the perimeter no one's going for it but it makes uh let's see who starts on Kyle Wiggins Wiggins starts on no no he guard Wiggins Bazemore Bazemore started on Kyle Anderson it brings Bazemore out so there's another help side defender if you're pulling Draymond away from the hoop now instead of it being Bazemore with uh Bane out there it's yeah. more than likely gonna be Wiggins and that's about it like Steph maybe yeah um so I would actually start Bane and here's how I'd rotate it. Looney is usually playing seven to eight minutes, typically, to start almost, in almost every quarter if they need him, if they're not running out on people. Um, so here's how I'd stagger it. I'd, I'd sub Bane in for um, Kyle Anderson. I would bring Kyle in five minutes into the corner for Triple J. Okay? So you still have that, you know, kind of tall, lanky, perimeter player maybe does a little more you know has that weird kyle anderson game maybe hits a couple floaters you know um and then when looney goes out you bring triple j back in for jv and then you kind of piecemeal around it you know melton for ja or melton for um bang yeah melton for bane uh tyus for ja and you have to run that substitution yeah. So that's why I'm going to say, like, I, that's why I don't know what Triple J's, if he has a minutes restriction, <laughs> because he's going to have to play a decent chunk. And you might be able, with Kyle running that final four minutes, you know, you might be able to get Triple J a couple minutes at the beginning of each quarter, or second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever it is, um, to try to restrict it a little bit. But yeah. I just don't think Kyle can start in this game. I think it has to be a shooter, ideally Bane. I really don't want to see Grayson start. Sorry. Right. Um, I would trust Grayson more. Obviously, he started all season for them. But coming off that injury, I just don't trust it in a do-or-die situation. Uh, but but that's my personal idea. Okay. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. But that's how I would manage the game. Okay. Well, I, I would definitely leave the starting lineup as is because adjusting too much and trying to be the smartest guy in the room uh, and one of the biggest games sometimes can play with, with players' head. The, so what you're doing is instead of getting Bane in at the first five minutes or, or, yeah, Kyle Anderson in the game in the first five minutes for someone else, I think what you do is you bring Bane in for Kyle Anderson at the first five minutes. So you're honestly just delaying it a little bit 
and switching it up a tiny bit. But that actually allows uh, the, the players to kind of stay in the, in the same sequence that they've kind of been in for a while. Uh, but bring Bain in for Kyle. That does create the shooting, like you said. Um, and then when that happens is you do bring in, you know, Kyle, I, I would think Kyle for, uh, for Jaron. Like the exact same way, like you said, and Jaron for JV, make these more smaller rest and more times when, you know, it's almost like church league basketball, like, hey, get me in four minutes. All right, you play your six or seven. All right, give me another four minutes. Like that's, I feel like that's how it could play more often than in these big games than, than getting a six or seven, eight minute rest because that's what you normally do all the time. So I, I think that, when you actually get Tyus in the game, I would rather see JV on the court with Tyus. I wouldn't if if you're going to play Brandon Clark. I don't know if you play Brandon Clark, but you're going to play Brandon Clark over Xavier Tillman. And if you do that, I would at least get maybe Brandon Clark off the court, or do a switch with Brandon Clark and JV together. But I just don't like how they play together. They played well when, when, when Brandon finally figured it out when he was in the starting line earlier in this year. But I would like to see Tyus with more of the starters because usually what happens is Ja goes out and then JB goes out and then they bring in Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, Anthony Melton, Desmond Bain, everybody, and it's a whole new unit. I would rather see the starters as is and let Tyus come in and just replace Ja one-on-one. That way, everybody, the core is still together and Tyus is just going to run a – he runs a different style of offense, which is more free-flowing. But I feel like that actually can sustain compared to when Ja comes out the floor and, and Jonas comes out the floor. It just feels like a mismatch, and we're just trying to hold stuff together until, you know, the starters come back in, until Ja gets on the court. And it's not Ja. It's just a style of offense. And so I just feel like it's just kind of out of whack because – We've tried to get down to eight, you know, eight man rotation and nine man rotation. So I'm down if they still want to use Tyus to get Ja rest. I just think they need to run him more with the starters and kind of run it that way because there's too much discombobulation going on. It's just it's it's just whack. Yeah. And and it's <laughs> it's confusing to everybody. So I would say when you do give Ja the rest, give everybody else the rest first. And then bring your starters back in. And you, if you want to keep, you know, maybe another sub on the court with them. So you have three starters, two bench players with Tyus, that's fine. But don't have it where it's four bench players and Dylan Brooks like it was last game. And you, then you go Xavier Tillman minus 19 in five minutes. And you lose a 19-point lead. Like, it's crazy. So um, I do like your idea. I just think it's too late in the season to get pretty and, and, and you know, kind of get cute with all that. So I would kind of leave Kyle in there just to make sure we stay consistent because players sometimes get a little weird uh, this late in the season. Yeah, I I understand that. I just it's a one game win all situation, and if you really want to get in the playoffs, I don't think Kyle would care. Um, if sure. he really gets burnt by that, then maybe he shouldn't be on the team. But Kyle seems like the guy who just wants to win, so. If it's the best chance to win, like if Taylor Jenkins feels like something similar, not saying he has to do exactly this, but as a coach, if you feel like you have a certain way that you think would win, you cannot be worried about pulling the trigger in this situation. Right. You cannot be worried about the potential backlash. If you are, you shouldn't be the coach. 
Like, coaching is a hard job. You have to make very tough decisions, and I get it. Um, but I, I just feel like the Grizzlies guys just want to win more than anything. So if they were shown something like this and Jenkins was actually sell it and stick by it, I think they would be okay, but obviously not in that locker room. I have no idea. So I get the continuity. I just think this is the best path for the Grizzlies to win because the final point I have is don't respect your elders. And I say that kind of ironically. Um, You cannot be starstruck by Steph Curry. Right. You cannot be afraid to engage Draymond Green. Um, and Jav on Sunday, I know we're mentioning Jav a lot, but he played very poorly, right. not just on offense. He was horrible on defense, missed rotations, falling asleep on help side, um, blown switches. Like Andrew Wiggins put back thunder dunk at the very end of the game with Jav being lazy. Yeah. Like it, it and, and the, and the problem is, is triple J put the hands on his heads. Like it was his fault. No. <laughs> like, that was job not running to his man. And he just pointed and was like, you got him. It's like, of course he's not going to be in position. He has no idea. Yeah. Uh, so, Jaw cannot be – he cannot respect his elders. If he's starstruck by Steph, we're going to have the same result. And it might be worse. If he's afraid to engage Draymond Green in drives, we're going to get slaughtered. For sure. Um, so I would much I would much rather see Jaw aggressive and blowing layups and getting blocked and challenging Draymond than the version I got Sunday. That's that's just what I would want to end my season. I want to end the season feeling like we went all out and we either just didn't finish the opportunities or Draymond they were just a superior team. Steph hit the threes. And Draymond just covered us on defense. Yeah. So that's how I'd want to go out instead of instead of the passivity. I just don't want to see the passivity from Jaw specifically. Yeah. Well, what gets him in trouble, and they kind of hit on it last game, that he hesitates, and and that's what kills him. Uh, you know, and I talked about it, you know, in, in the past podcast. When he comes off that screen, he needs to attack one way or another. If he's going to get to the rim, he needs to make the decision that he's going to get to the rim. And if it so happens where they stop him because he is getting downhill and he's going, that means that more than one person probably has come over to help. Because one-on-one, Jaw is going to take anybody. So somebody else has come out to help, more than likely, which creates an opportunity for a kick out. And whether it's an open three or a backdoor cut or anything, that is really how the Grizzlies are good is when he's attacking. If he's not going to attack, he needs to shallow out and, and not be scared to take the shot. Take it right away with confidence and know that, you know what, I'm going to live and die with this decision. I either feel comfortable right now with the shot or I'm going to get downhill because you know that's where I think I best benefit the game. I would say 85 to 15%. I would say getting downhill 85% for sure. And if he wants to kick out sometimes to kind of keep him honest, that's okay. Just make the decision and go with it. Uh, I just want to make sure that they that he does not get confused and hesitates. Because when he hesitates, he's not the best jaw that he can be. And, and if he hesitates, they will not win the game. And he, like you said, 
he has to go at Draymond. The best thing to do is get Draymond hot and pissed off, and that's when you actually can get into Draymond. And so I, I believe that that Ja will be the deciding factor of this game. I really do. I, I think JB will be very important. I think Dylan Brooks will be very important. But if they want to win, Ja has to play really well. And I, I don't care if Steph goes for 50 because you still have to have 50 yeah. more points off the rest of the team. So um, what other notes do you have? Uh, that's pretty much all I have so far on the Grizzlies. Uh, what else you got? I know you probably have a dictionary over there of different notes, but what else? Uh, anything else you want to throw out? <laughs> no, just to uh, add to what you said about Ja, like if you're going to be a top five point guard, you go out guns blazing. The jaw from Sunday was not even a top 15 point guard. Woo. So if you're going to be top five, you got to go out guns blazing. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but no, prediction stuff. <sighs> I hate to say this, but mm. Mm. Um, I. Is it going to be good? Can the Grizzlies win this? <laughs> can the Grizzlies win this game? 100% they can win this game. Will they win it? I don't think they will. Oh. Um, and I actually have this being a higher scoring game than what the first meeting was. Um, and I have this because I feel like it's obviously the Warriors don't want to get in a running gun game, but if they do what I think they'll do in taking out Looney quicker and going smaller, they'll have to push the tempo. And I think it will be a higher scoring game because of that factor alone. Now they just might say, Hey, uh, we did this on Sunday. Let's just let's not change anything. But it's the NBA, and if you don't change, you die. Right. So if if Steve Kerr doesn't do something different, I would be shocked. I really would. Uh, but he may just think they have the formula down pat, and let's just stick to the formula. If he does, the Grizzlies might win this game. Um, but if he adjusts, I have the Warriors winning one eighteen to one eleven. Hmm. And that is just some late free throws, missed threes, you know, Grizzlies trying to, you know, get back in it, keep fouling. Um, I also, as a caveat, I think there is real potential in this game to get out of hand, too. And I don't like to say that. I, I, I truly believe that the Grizzlies will keep it close and it will be interesting for you know, at the you know three minutes left to go in the game, and then things kind of fall apart a little bit. Um, but I think there is a really there is a real chance that this could be a twenty plus blowout. Wow. I think there is real chance if we see the jaw from Sunday, and we continue on this cold shooting streak. Um, even with JV dominating, I mean JV's due for a regression game now shooting that close from the rim is probably regression proof. Um, but I, I think there is a decent chance that it could be a blowout and a runaway. But my heart tells me that it'll be close towards the end. Okay. Well, I, um, I, I respect it, and I understand why, because everybody in their the free world um, is picking the Warriors. Um, most are already talking about the matchup between the the Jazz yes. and the Warriors. Um, <laughs> That's so. Like, I got upset about that. I was like, "Hey, we still have a game to play. Right. Like, what are you talking about?" Yeah, I, I was on the locker room today, and they were just discuss. They wanted to talk about the matchups, the play the playoff matchups, and they're like, "All right, so 
we all agree that the Warriors are going to beat the Grizzlies. So let's talk about the Jazz. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hand up. Hey, hey, hold on. I need to talk. Um, so um, I, I just feel like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I just feel like this game, um, it just plays into the favor of the Grizzlies. And I know I'm a homer. And I know I'm very Mr. Positive. Uh, except for that, maybe that one time uh, when I did send out a, a, a random tweet. Um, but. I just feel like I'm I'm optimistic because the Grizzlies are young. They play with the chip on their shoulder, hashtag no chip. Um, but I, I think that when they're the underdogs and when they play on the road, just like Dylan Brooks said uh, in this postgame, uh, I, I, I like playing in, uh, in FedEx Forum, the grindhouse, but I love playing on the road. And that just shows me that, that, that moxie that, that he has – if it spreads, and most of the time it will with young players, if they can come out with the effort. Unless you're wearing your mask. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. If they come out with their effort that I know that they have and the potential that they have shown with that, their effort is really the, di- the difference in the deciding factor in this game. If they can show up from the start with the effort that, it really, that really they need to win this game, I believe this game can go in the favor of the road underdog. And they, they, they've proven people many times wrong before, and I think they do it again on Sunday. I think you see another big game at a JV. That's going to be another back-to-back-to-back game of 20 points and maybe around 20 rebounds again. I just believe that this game is going to be played a little bit inside in the trenches. I don't think Steph is as hot as he's been, even though 9 for 22 is not hot. And I believe the Grizzlies win 111-106. Ryan, what you got on that? <laughs> I really like it because it does um, – it would be – like it would shock everybody. Like you said, everybody is already picking the Warriors to win. Um, and like I said at the top, like this is – the NBA has a vested interest in Steph making the playoffs, but that's the kind of high variability you have with a three point shooting team, right? Like they could just be off and there's nothing you can really do about it except get them to the free throw line. Yeah. Um, So the final thing I kind of throw to you because I, (laughs) Am I going to sprinkle a little on Grizzlies' money line? You better believe I am. Um, you better believe I'm going to actually bet on them. Uh, it's probably the only bet I'm going to do, except for maybe the over, just a little bit. Uh, but I I truly believe that the Grizzlies can beat them, and they owe them, and they're much better on the road, as we've seen. Um, and the Warriors are just kind of due for everyone, every role piece player to have a bad night, except for maybe Michael Mulder. So maybe he'll be the MVP. <laughs> um, but the Warriors average 21 free throws a game, which is 21st in the league. They also foul 21 times a game, which is almost dead last in the league in fouls per game. They only shot 15 free throws against the Lakers. And like I said, they shot 18 against us. If the Warriors' shots aren't falling early, I I hate to say this, but the refs will come and swoop in. Whoa. I would not be shocked, would not be shocked if the Warriors shot 30-plus free throws this game. 
That would be to the bury worst. the Grizzlies. That that would be the worst. I would not be shocked. Now they always kind of do it both sides, so it doesn't look super obvious. So the Grizzlies will shoot twenty to twenty five free throws, yeah. but Grizzlies are very notably a worse free throw shooting team than the Warriors are. Yeah. Um, and so it is much more beneficial for the Warriors to shoot thirty plus free throws than it is for the Grizzlies to shoot twenty five plus free throws. Yes. Yeah. So I. I that is what I'm be monitoring, and that is just being an NBA fan for a long time and seeing these kind of situations play out. I would be very shocked if this was a sub-20 free throw game for the Warriors again. Shocked. Unless they're just hitting everything and run off on the Grizzlies, then whatever. Yeah. But if it's close and the Grizzlies start hot like they did Sunday, I would not be shocked. Yeah. If I'm just going to leave it at that. So if if the Warriors shoot thirty plus free throws, they win the game for like sure. It's just over. Like there's nothing you can do. I about it. Yep. I, unfortunately, I agree with that because the refs can they very much can play a factor in this game because they could say we're you know we're not going to allow all the hand checking and all the you know just the close stuff that Doris Burke loved to point out about the Grizzlies in the last game about how every time there was a replay. There was probably a, a foul on that one on on the Grizzlies, which was weird to me that yep. you literally pick out a foul every time. But um, yeah, I, I could see it for sure. And, and if and if it goes that direction, then then the Grizzlies will not win because one, the Grizzlies aren't good at foul shooting. So if it becomes a tight game, no matter which way, <laughs> just overall a tight game, and there's more free throws, Steph Curry is going to hit his ninety five percent of the time. The Grizzlies, they're maybe 65%. Like, it's just, we're not a good free throw shooting team. We need this game to actually be more free-flowing. And I hope that we get our hands on balls that are coming through the lane and, and a lot of, you know, deflections, and which creates up-and-down flow. If they can get the energy and the flow going to this game that they need, then even if Steph Curry gets off for a few three-pointers here and there, it's, it, it doesn't feel as big. If the flow is just going up and down more in, in the Grizzly style, it'll be okay. If they try to run it in the mud, to a sense, you know, and, and there's probably the, the Warriors mud, which is very, very, very shallow. But if they try to do all the pick and rolls and they try to just, you know, dive to the basket as they should probably, then this game could be bad for the Grizzlies. But I just believe the effort will be there from the jump. And they have a lot of people that they want to prove wrong. So, um, I believe it'll happen. Uh, give me your MVP on the Grizzlies side because I imagine if the Warriors win, the MVP's got to be Steph Curry, correct? Well, I just said his name. It's Michael Mulder if here. the Warriors win. He's going to be MVP. Good no. Good um, <laughs> if the Grizzlies win, I think it's because of Jaron Jackson Jr. And that's hitting threes, slashing to the rim, saying good picks, playing good team defense um he won't win player of the game you know that the espn crew picks you know at the end of it right. it'll be whoever has the most points or whatever um but i think if he has he has to have the best game of his young career um because if he's gonna be something these are the type of moments that you want to see like if he wilts in this kind of situation i'm not gonna feel great about it going forward yeah now young players take lumps like that in a playoff type atmosphere and then come back and prove you wrong. Right. And it was helpful for them. 
Um, but I would love to see Triple J just show everyone um, why he's the most talented player on the team. Yes, I said that. Triple J is the most wow. talented player on this team. Wow. He is the most important and talented team player for this Memphis Grizzlies team moving forward. Wow. As of right now. Wow. Those are strong words. Um, Boom. God, I, I don't even know how to go against that. If people stuck around, if people stuck around this long, they just got a great one. That was wow. a great hot take. Yeah, it's definitely a hot they're take. They probably turned it off. Yeah, they, they're definitely done <laughs> listening to us by now. But if you're still here, there's probably you're the only one listening. Um, but I I do believe this is another JB game, 24 and 17. Maybe not as big as last game. And I believe that he will be a key deciding factor in this game. But I think the MVP of this, for the Grizzlies, it has to be Ja Morant. And I, I think that's 24 and 10. It, the, the numbers aren't probably as gaudy as JV's would be. But JV's really, he's getting the rebounds, which is kind of controlling the glass, which you have to. Making sure that, you know, it's just one shot, you get the rebound. Making sure that you're not the guy who is getting just just put in a blender with Steph Curry. Um, John Morant will be the guy, and they'll go as he goes. If he starts to get downhill early and get to the front of the rim, that's going to cause chaos for their defense. People will be in foul trouble. He'll be doing a bunch of different things. He'll be able to dish to a JB, he'll be wide open for the dunk, as he most often does. Kyle Anderson for a short corner, Desmond Bain short corner, and Dylan Brooks maybe cutting through the lane. There's a lot that Job does, and I believe that he will be the MVP of this game with the Grizzlies winning 111-106. And I've been right for three games in a row, or two games in a row. Sorry, this will be the third. <laughs> I've said JB big games the last two games. They've been huge games. He has been the MVP of these. It's time for Ja to step up, and I believe he does. Uh, and you're going to be seeing the streamers coming from the Raptors in FedEx Forum <laughs> with nobody there. We're still going to be celebrating and everybody thinking they're on Build Street, but really I'm just in my garage hanging out, maybe watching um, <laughs> TV with the kids, having a brewski yeah. on, a, uh, on a Friday night. Um <laughs> But but anything else you I, have? Uh, I, I, talking about predictions, I should have said at the beginning. I said in the Spurs game it was race to 100, mm. all right, and the Grizzlies scored 100 points. I also said it's going to be 109, 105, and it was 100 to 96. So I had the four point margin right. Okay, was just off. Uh, was just off whatever that is, 15 points or whatever. Yeah. So we're kind of on a roll with predictions. So. We're extremes now, so we're going to have very diametrically opposite. So someone's going to be really, really right, and someone's going to be extremely wrong. So this will be fun. I'm yep. excited. It'll be fun. It'll be uh, The game will be fun, I hope. I, If we lose, I am okay with losing. Okay, The Grizzlies losing to Steph Curry is fine with me. I, I, I believe that we our expectations for the season were, were hit or miss, depending on who you were. I believe that we could be a playoff team. Uh, we're here at the play-in games again to be a playoff team. Losing to Steph would be fine. Losing to the Warriors is fine with me. I don't want to get blown out. That always sucks because 
this is the last game, and I really just want to see a good game. It's not that I care about, you know, really how we – I just want to see a good game, and I'll see our guys fight. I don't want to be seeing John Conchar, who getting jitty with it. I love him. But I do not want to see him on the court <laughs> with six minutes to go in the game because it's a 30-point game. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see yeah. a free-throw shooting expedition. I, I don't want to see that either. So, uh, give us a good game. Win or lose, I'm okay. Uh, but don't bring in the refs uh, and don't be a blowout. Just you know, give me all around a tight game. But uh, but that's all I have. Uh, anything Scott. else for you? <clears throat> no, I think we should go to bed. Yes, definitely need to go to bed. Um, I have last day of school. Got to get donuts for all the kids. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun day. So uh, if it's last day of school <laughs> for your kids, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun summer. Uh, the mask might be going away, which is super cool. Um, I, I, How about that? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, everybody's getting vaccinated. So if you haven't got vaccinated, try to get vaccinated so we can keep this going, uh, fill up the arenas. But um, I don't have anything else. Uh, I just hope that the Grizzlies do win. Either way, we'll be bringing a podcast to you, whether it's me or, or me and Ryan. Uh, we will break down the playoff games and so or the matchups. So if the, if the Grizzlies do beat the Warriors – we will be back before the first game against the Jazz. We'll break down that completely. Uh, but I do not have anything else. You can follow me at Daniel Greer, at Free Basketball 3, at The Lead SM. Ryan, what's your tag? At RD Meadows 11. All right, so follow us on there and uh, give us a rate review. It's always a fun time. But that's all we have. We need a big Grizz win. Ryan, thanks for joining us and hanging out with us again. Be nice and tell your friends. Always a pleasure. Winner, winner. Hey-oh.